Hello and welcome to episode number 113 of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Tai, functional nutritional therapy practitioner. <laughs> now, we are now FNTPs um, instead of just NTPs. Um, so, functional nutritionist um, here. And uh, it's been a minute since I've had a podcast. Um, so I'm very happy to be doing this one today and be on here with you guys. Um, if you are listening to this in the audio version, uh, you are able to actually see this as well in a video version. If you prefer that, you can jump over to my YouTube channel, which you can find under, you can search Jessica Tai or Keto Lifestyle and uh, you should be able to find me. Those videos will pop up, and I have a few of uh, not only my interviews, but a few of the solo casts. Um, my solo sodes, like this one, are also recorded through YouTube, so you can watch me talk instead of just listening to me talk, however you prefer to do it. Um, so, uh, like I said, it's been a little bit. The last episode that I recorded was at the beginning of, well, not really summer, but the beginning of kind of summer break if we had had a normal break um, in the school year for those of you parents out there of school-aged children. So um, it was about the end of May was the last episode that I recorded. Taken off a couple of months. Um, things have been not so around here. I'm sure that many of you are dealing with many uh, changes and trying to get things situated in your own lives. Um, so I am back. Um, I don't know if I will be doing an episode every other week um, going forward. I think I'm going to have to do one a month and maybe throw a bonus episode in here and there if I can. Um, the reason being is the kids are going back to school. As many of you know, um, most kids are going back here at the end of August, beginning of September, and we don't know what's going to happen. Um, we're still totally up in the air if our children will actually even be in school or if I am going to be their new teacher or at least managing them while they're online um, doing their schoolwork. So it's going to be a little crazy, so I'm going to have to adjust to that as well. A lot of adjustments going on. Uh, so at any rate, um, I did want to do an episode this uh, this time. This episode will be on questions, uh, listener questions. I hopefully will be able to get two of them done today. Um, you guys are sending me listener questions. I love those. Thank you so much. So keep those coming. Um, that makes for a great episode. I think that people get a lot um, out of your questions because if you're thinking it, there's probably a lot of other people thinking it as well and they're just not asking it or they're not sure what to ask. So I love it when you guys send these questions in um, because I think it's a really great way to be able to get those answered for you. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and get into these. So I'm going to look them up here on my phone. Um, I, I'm using two questions that came in this, um, or they didn't come in this week, but this week's episode, I'm going to use two questions that came in um, on Instagram. And actually one of them did come in yesterday. So I'm just going to go ahead and start with hers. It was from Amanda. So thank you, Amanda, for sending your question in through Instagram. Um, she says, hi, Jessica, I found your podcast and you've helped me so, so much with my shift into the ketogenic lifestyle. I've been doing keto for almost three weeks. So I am still new, but proud to say I've adjusted well and been steady uh, and been in steady at 0.8 to 1.3 um, for over two weeks. So must be doing something right, LOL. Now I don't have a ton to lose, maybe 20 pounds. That can actually be 
more difficult than having a ton to lose, which um, Amanda may be already realizing. Um, my questions are a bit futuristic. I'm wondering what happens after you meet your goal weight. What do you do next? How do you adjust macros? Things like that. Do you offer personal coaching when I reach this point in my journey? Do you have a specific podcast on the subject? Thanks for your help. You've already helped so much and you probably don't even know it. Okay, Amanda, thank you so much. I appreciate you letting me know that I've helped so much. So um, you're right, I didn't know it and now I do. And I really appreciate that. That is why I do this. Obviously, I'm not getting paid to do these podcasts. I don't do advertisements on my podcasts. Um, so these, uh, the only reason I do this is because I do want to get the information out there and I do want to help you guys. And it's the only way I know to be able to help as many people as possible um, is for you to send in the questions and me to answer them as best I can. So um, let me just start by saying, uh, she said, do you offer personal coaching when I reach this point in my journey? Unfortunately, Amanda, at this point in time, I do not have any of availability for one-on-one -on -one coaching. So um, I did just, uh, we had group coaching. Um, that is, there's no availability in the group coaching right now. Um, no availability for one-on-one -on -one coaching. I do have a course, a couple of different courses, I think currently available on my website. One of them is the Keto Masterclass course. And I would recommend that specific course to anyone, beginner, through if you've been doing this for months or even years. The reason why is oftentimes when you're doing, keep, uh, you know, like a ketogenic lifestyle, if this is, um, even regardless of if you're doing a keto lifestyle, um, that keto masterclass is broken into six week um, classes and each week is an hour long. And um, you can watch all six hours at once if you want, or you can watch one hour a week, or you can watch one hour a day and make it a six day course, however you want to fit that time in. Um, but what I like specifically about that course for pretty much anything that you would be wanting to do is I really work on teaching you about um, just your physiology, um, about how nutrition affects that physiology, how, um, so, so you kind of understand, I feel like if you know the why behind something, then you're able to, to, it makes more sense. And this is how my brain works anyway. I know maybe not everybody is like this, but if I, if somebody can explain to me why something is working the way it is, then I feel like I can then take over myself. If you just tell me what to do all the time and I don't know why I'm doing that or why it's working that way, then um, I can follow your instructions. But if I run to, you know, if I come up to a fork in the road, I don't know which direction to go. And that's very frustrating for me. So I want to know why does it work that way and what what decisions should I be making in the future to make sure that I'm making the best choices possible. So that's kind of how I structured that course is so that someone taking that course would get the whys answered and they would be able to, um, they wouldn't need my one-on-one -on -one coaching specifically. They would be able to just move forward in, um, in, in knowing what I've taught them and they would have the answers kind of in their brain, you know, like, okay, um, is, should I be doing this or, well, this is happening why is this happening or what should be my next steps? And when you learn that stuff, then you can make those decisions on your own and you can move forward and, and, um, not hit quite so many landmines, so to speak. So, um, so that's the first thing about the courses. So I would encourage you to go on there and do that masterclass if you're interested in, in more, um, instruction in that manner. But, 
Um, so she says, Amanda says she's been um, doing this for almost three weeks. So she's still new. Yes, she is. And um, you should be proud of yourself, Amanda. You're doing, sounds like you're doing really well. Um, she says that it's been, um, uh, okay, so for the future, <clears throat> she wants to know what happens when you meet your goal weight. So that's really a great question, Amanda. And that happens a lot uh, where people are like, okay, I made it like, okay, now what do I do? And so let me start by telling you, um, I'll just tell you my experience and kind of what I've seen or noticed um, in talking with clients over the years. Um, it seems like when you hit your goal weight, um, it's very exciting and you, you know, your clothes feel good and you, um, you know, you just feel good in your skin and you're like, wow, this is amazing. This is great. And I feel like that, that lasts for a very short period of time. And you, um, and you feel like this is great. I'm at my goal weight now. And then you're so excited about it. And then when that kind of wears off, then you're like, okay, now what? So what's next? And I think you can become really complacent with, or maybe not complacent is the right word, but you can kind of um, forget everything that you did to get to that point. And um, I, I've seen two things happen um, personally and <laughs> clinically with clients. Um, I've seen these two things happen. And one of them is where a client or where someone <clears throat> will hit their goal weight and everything's great for a little while and they feel really good being where they are in that goal weight. And then they start to, um, then they start to think, well, I'm here now. So I'll just have, I'll let a little bit, I call it the carb creep where you're just like, oh, well, I mean, I'm at my goal weight now, so it doesn't hurt to have some pancakes on the weekend, right? I mean, what's the big deal? And then that pancake on the weekend turns into, um, well, I've already had pancakes this morning. So I mean, it's not that big of a deal to go ahead and get dessert after dinner. So I'll just order dessert after dinner, but no, you know, I'm not going to, this isn't what I'm going to start doing. I'm going to go right back to being keto. And then the next day it's like, well, I mean, yes, uh, you know, I I'm keto, but I'm doing so good and I'm at my goal weight. And so it's not that big of a deal to go ahead and just have this, um, you know, this Danish with my coffee this morning. I mean, it's just one Danish. It's not a big deal. Or then at dinner, it's little things like you go out to get sashimi and then you're like, well, they serve it with rice and um, I'm just going to have a little bit. I mean, it's not a big deal. I'll just take a, a couple spoonfuls. And before you know it, you're, and it's not that you metabolically can't handle it because that's the goal. The goal, what we have to remember is really, um, this ketogenic lifestyle, the goal shouldn't be staying in ketosis all the time. That, that really, I mean, if that is your goal and that's what you want to do, maybe it's because you, there's a medical, you have a medical condition or something going on that actually staying in ketosis all the time is your goal. And that is super important for you to do. Then, then that's fine. Then that's what you do. But for the vast majority of people, the goal isn't staying in ketosis. This is making me crazy that you guys, I keep seeing the reflection of the windows in my, um, glasses. Sorry. I'm going to take them off, um, for the rest of this podcast. Um, so you guys aren't seeing that reflection. Um, but your goal, so your goal should actually be metabolic flexibility, right? So it should be that you do ketosis. And if weight loss happens, if that's one of the reasons that you're going down this road, that's totally fine. Great. Do that. But when the weight loss comes, it shouldn't be, okay, I'm here now. I'm going to be done. And, and you're done. Um, that, that shouldn't be 
the goal. The goal really shouldn't be weight loss. If you want to lose weight and that's what starts you down this path, that's fine. But the goal should be metabolic flexibility and being able to be healthy and strong and have a, a vibrant metabolism that is able to, um, that, that is, that is fat adapted and allows you to easily burn and utilize ketones while being able to switch over to taking care of any carbohydrates that you eat quickly and proficiently, and then going back to being a fat burner um, very quickly. I mean, you should be able to make that transition back and forth. And what happens is most of us are carb burners because of the way we eat, because of our diet. Um, that is the preferential fuel for our bodies. That's what, that's what we, that's what our systems are used to. So we, when we, so when we eat, that's, that's the, that's the preferred fuel source, even though it's not the best fuel source, it's what our body is used to. So that's what, that's why we get the cravings. We get the blood sugar swings. We get all of these things going on because when we don't give our bodies the sugar, we're like, uh, where's the fuel? Even though we have plenty of fuel, our, it's just not what our bodies are used to burning. So by going into this ketogenic lifestyle, you are teaching your body to get back to basics, really, back to what it was made to do, which is to rely on fat for fuel. And the carbohydrates are just a secondary. That's a um, that's like a great when we can get it kind of fuel, but your body should be burning fat and ketones the majority of the time. So if that's your goal, then um, then you need to, that's how you need to be eating. So what happens though is when we, so, so you can have the carbohydrates. So if you have dinner and you eat some tubers or, you know, some root vegetables or some sweet potato, if you eat, um, some, some corn, you know, it's summertime, we've got these big, beautiful, gorgeous ears of corn, um, you know, at the farmer's markets there every week. Um, I definitely indulge in some corn on the cob in the summer. Um, that's a carbohydrate, right? And so I'm eating that. And then, but my body it may or may not even come out of ketosis because it's so fat adapted and it's so used to burning, you know, fat for fuel that eating that corn on the cob, it's just going to take care of that. It's going to store uh, the, you know, fill up my glycogen stores and then go right back to burning fat. And that's what you want it to do. But if I ate that corn on the cob with dinner and then I had some dessert after dinner and then the next morning I'm like, well, I mean, I kind of want to have a little Danish with that. And then, well, I'll be good the whole rest of the day. And then that night, well, you know, maybe I'll just have a little dab of ice cream. Or if you, if you just let those carbs creep in like that, number one, it becomes more of a habit and you want it more and you're body tells you that you need it and you, and it becomes a habit to start eating it again. And then you kind of get this carb creep, um, that starts happening. And before you know it, you've fallen back kind of off the wagon, so to speak, and you are indulging in more and more and more carbs till you get to the point where you don't really even recognize, um, that you're, you know, ketosis anymore. I mean, you probably um, are rarely in ketosis and now you're kind of creeping back to being a sugar burner and, um, and maybe starting to have blood sugar swings again, and maybe um, even having um, mood swings and um, cravings and things like that. So, so I think um, getting back to her question. So so that would be number one. I would just say really be careful watching that carb creep happen and, um, and the, the desire to just kind of keep adding in just a little carbohydrate there and a little carbohydrate there because you feel like 
you're at your goal weight and now you can kind of get away with it and, and it's, you know, okay. Um, being at your goal weight is great. And, and that is a super thing to have happen, but just, um, remember what you, what it took to get there. And, um, just keep in mind that that, that shouldn't be your end goal. Really your end goal should be metabolic flexibility, but it should be your health. It should be, um, you know, the mental energy you get, the way you feel, um, mood, all of those types of things. And just knowing that you're setting yourself up to be as healthy in the future as you can be, because you're not allowing things like glycation. Um, you know, that's the sugaring over of your cells, um, because you're not eating all of the sugar and carbohydrates. And remember carbohydrates, anything starchy, any carb that turns to sugar in your system. So that is glucose in your blood, regardless of if it is a donut or a cupcake or it is mashed potatoes um, or a piece of bread. So just remember that and um, just remember that those things really do harm your body in the long term and being able to um, be flexible and enjoy a real um, food, carb or starch now and then is, is fine. Um, but just be careful how often you're doing that and, um, and how you're, you know, kind of thinking, well, I'm, I'm where I want to be because I think a lot of us, you know, if, if you view this as a lifestyle, which I know you talked, you said it was a, a ketogenic lifestyle, Amanda, which is great. So if you view it as a lifestyle, it's easier to kind of stay on track and know that this is what I want my lifestyle to be versus viewing this as a diet that you're just using to get to your goal weight. And then once you get there now, now I can just do whatever I want. I will tell you um, that being ketogenic, um, or, you know, entering into this lifestyle and losing weight is not a free pass to kind of go back to what you did because the weight will pile on quickly um, if you kind of go back to your old ways and um, old eating ways. It's just like anything else. Um, you you know, it's, it's, um, it's definitely more sustainable and more lasting in my opinion than any way of eating. <clears throat> and I will tell you that now for myself, uh, being ketogenic nearly four years, um, I definitely come in and out of ketosis. I definitely indulge in carbs. I, um, you know, but I, what I try to focus on, um, is real foods, like whole foods. So if, um, so, so if it's a, if it's a whole food that I want to eat, but it is a carbohydrate and it would not be considered ketogenic or would be more carbohydrates than, um, than I know I can probably handle and stay in ketosis, um, then I don't care if it's a real food, that's fine. I'm going to eat it. I just don't do that all the time. I just watch that carb creep. Okay. So I think I've beat that horse to death. So we'll move on. Um, <laughs> Um, so, and then she says, how, um, how to adjust macros, things like that. So, um, that's very individualized, uh, whether you've been at this three weeks or three years, um, you will adjust macros as you go. Um, and I think that this is, this is one of the reasons that I kind of subscribe to the philosophy of, I think it is a good idea to track in the beginning, because I think that you need to know. Uh, what you're doing, what's working. If something's not working, then you can, uh, you can try adjusting macros. Um, sometimes it's not macros. Sometimes it's, um, sometimes it's, um, detoxification issues. Uh, sometimes it's, you're working out too much. Um, you get too much stress. You're not sleeping well. It can be all, there's so many different things that can affect 
what your ketogenic journey looks like. Um, so I think it's important if you are tracking macros, then you, you can kind of rule out things or rule in things. So you may realize that, you know, I, you're, maybe you're testing and you're not in ketosis and then you're, you're tracking your macros and you're like, oh yeah, I see I'm, you know, I'm eating, um, 50 grams of carbohydrates a day and that must not work for me. And you are able to adjust that down. And then all of a sudden you start kicking into ketosis. It's also something where maybe you're tracking and you are at 50 or 75 grams of carbohydrates a day and you're tracking and you are in ketosis. You are producing ketones um, every day, even at that level. So it's different for everybody. And I think it's important to know that it's going to depend um, largely on how broken your metabolism is. It's going to depend on your activity level. It's going to depend on your stress. It's going to depend on how well you sleep. It's going to depend on so many different things, your detoxification pathways, like how good is your body at detoxing? Um, Cause these are all stressors on our body. You know, what's the, what's the health of your thyroid? If you have um, thyroid issues like Hashimoto's or something like that going on, that is going to make ketosis uh, more difficult. Um, so the, all of those types of things, if you're tracking, then, you know, but having said that, I always tell people to track in the beginning. If it doesn't make you crazy, if you're a person that gets obsessed with that kind of thing, then, then I wouldn't even start off tracking. You can just figure it out. But, um, uh, which, you know, I know it's kind of flippantly saying that, but when I, you know, coach people, it, it's not, I don't just say, I'll oh, just figure it out, but it, it's like, you don't have to track. We will, we'll use other things to figure those, that stuff out because I don't want somebody obsessing over the tracking. But if you track in the beginning, once you get producing ketones, like Amanda, she's been at this for three weeks and it sounds like she's doing pretty good. Um, I would probably tell her to track for another month, maybe two months. And once she feels really confident, <clears throat> excuse me, in general, um, most of us, let me take a quick drink. Thank you. Um, in general, most of us eat a lot of the same foods all the time. So if you track in the beginning and you know, um, approximately what the carbs are, you know, what your, what your macros are in those foods that you're eating every day, day in and day out. <clears throat> you kind of learn that. And then after two or three months, you really don't need to track that anymore. I'm, I would be more interested in you tracking your ketones and your blood sugar for a while. And then I would stop tracking that stuff. Um, and just, you know, every now and then check in, check in with ketones, check in with blood sugar, see how all of that's going because you will start to know your body. Um, this is where I, you know, to me, this is what intuitive eating is. It's where you start to know how you feel. Um, you start to know how foods affect you. You start to know that feeling when you've had too many carbs and you've knocked yourself out of ketosis, um, or you, um, you've eaten something that just doesn't sit right with you. It's affecting you mentally. Maybe you start uh, or emotionally, like I can tell right away because I get very, um, my emotions go all over the place. Like I will, um, get irritated very quickly or, um, a, a mental clarity is a big one for me too. I will have a hard time, um, thinking of what I'm trying to do or, or just getting motivated to do something. So once you start learning those types of things, um, that's really what you'll use to kind of be your guide, um, much more than tracking macros or that type of thing. But keep in mind that as you're doing this um, monthly, yearly, whatever, um, you may have to change things up. Um, our, our bodies are not static. You know, they're changing all the time. Um, you know, our age, um, 
things are our environment. Um, it, you know, it's very, um, our environment is, it plays a big role in how, what we're eating affects us and the, our ability to be in ketosis, um, our ability to, um, you know, use fat for fuel and to be good at, at producing ketones. Um, there's so many things that affect that. So, um, being able to, uh, kind of recognize those things and, and kind of, um, bob and weave, uh, and figure things out and change things up is important. <clears throat> so, sorry, all this talking, um, <laughs> makes me mm, my mouth dry. Okay. So, um, so going forward, Amanda, I would just say that you'll need to change things up. I mean, I'm still changing things up constantly. And a lot of, a lot of times things that worked for me before I notice. Uh, don't work so well now, or, you know, I'll notice, um, things changing or, um, <clears throat> you know, whether that's clothes getting tighter or whether that is just, um, getting, you know, not getting up as easily, like not bouncing out of bed as easily. And then I, I know that, you know, I'm, I'm not in the optimal place that I need to be. And so I need to switch that up. And, and that's not always, um, that's not always what you're eating. Sometimes it's your stress and sleep, but if you adjust what you're eating based on your stress and sleep and how all that's working, then that can, can help. So, so in other words, if you're getting really good sleep and your stress levels are really low, you might be able to get away with a little more in your diet versus, um, if you're sleeping terrible and you're really stressed out, you're probably going to really have to dial your diet in to help your body be able to manage that because you, you can't have too many assaults coming at once. Um, you will also, you may also notice that if you don't have things dialed in as much as you should, that you're, you'll be more stressed out and your sleep won't be as good. So it's kind of like this vicious cycle, you know, um, vicious circle. It, it all, it all interplays and it all affects each other and everything else. So, um, which is why we call it a keto lifestyle, right? Not a diet because it's really not a diet. It is so affected by the overall, the entire lifestyle. <clears throat> All right. So let me get back to her question. Um, okay. So I hope that that I know I am, uh, kind of all over the place <clears throat> in the, in my answer there. Um, and went down a bunch of rabbit holes, but I hope that that kind of, you know, there really isn't a, <clears throat> excuse me, a single direct answer I can give you. Also, I did want to mention one other thing when I read this. Um, Amanda states that she has been uh, steady at 0.8 to 1.3 with her ketone readings for over two weeks, which that is great, Amanda. I also want to mention that um, often people can see those numbers start to reduce as they um, have been in this lifestyle for a period of time, not always, but sometimes. And I think the reason for that is that um, our bodies get really, really good at, they, they wanna be as efficient as possible in everything that it does, right? Um, it doesn't wanna do extra work, use extra energy for things that it doesn't need to do. So your body will be as, as energy efficient as possible in not producing extra ketones. So if your day in and day out looks pretty much the same, like if you have pretty much the same activity level, you're eating pretty much the same things day in and day out, then your body is going to get used to that and it will produce the amount of fuel that it believes you're going to need um, day in and day out. So 
you may start to notice your ketone levels come down. Now you'll still see ketones, you'll still be in ketosis, but you may only register like 0.5 to 0.8 or 0.5 to 0.1 instead of being over the one. Um, and not everyone experiences that, but I do see that a lot, uh, myself included. <clears throat> over the years, my ketone readings are generally 0.5 to 0.8. I rarely am over a one unless I'm fasting. Um, and again, that's because that's different. I've changed it up. Um, I'm not using the same amount of fuel because if you're fasting, um, that is a huge, um, uh, I don't want to say burden, but that, it, that takes a lot of energy to actually just digest food. So, um, when I'm fasting, my body is still producing, you know, what it thinks I'm going to need, but I'm not actually using the same amount of fuel. So, um, so I will see those ketone readings creep up. Um, but then when I go back to, you know, kind of my normal everyday eating and, and activity schedule, um, then I will see those kind of come back down to where I'm used to seeing them. So, so don't get discouraged if you see those numbers start to drop. Just um, monitor, you know, kind of check your blood sugar, <clears throat> make sure that your blood sugar um, looks good, your blood glucose is looking good on those readings, and you're feeling good, and just note how you feel, and um, just kind of keep at it that way. Instead of feeling like you're failing or you're doing something wrong, as long as everything feels good and you're still moving in the right direction, don't fixate on those numbers. Okay. All right. Thank you for that question again, Amanda. So I am going to, I'm going to just put these back on for a few minutes because the eye strain, um, as I get older, I've noticed my eyes, um, I, they get so strained on these computers. Plus I'm on the computer like all the time, all day long. And, um, man, I just, I do not want to, I don't want my vision to be suffering. So thanks for bearing with me while I wear these reflection things here. Okay. Um, let me find this next one. Okay. Um, this is from Erica. Um, again, on Instagram, Erica, thank you for sending in this question. She says, I um, just, she says, I just following you question. I have been on cyclical keto since one of 2019. The magic of keto stopped about five months ago. Any suggestions? I work out with weights and hit probably too strenuous belly fat and excess hip fat are major issues. Uh, let's go from the shoulders to the upper thighs, Erica. <laughs> okay. Yes, Erica. That is pretty much every woman's, um, it, trouble spots, right? Shoulders to the upper thighs. Um, that, covers it. <laughs> so, um, yes. So cyclical keto since 2019 magic keto talked about five months ago. Okay. So I have a couple of thoughts on this, a couple of suggestions. First of all, um, so 2019, so about, uh, you know, a little more than a year keto stopped. Let's say she sent this, um, end of July. So, um, year and a half and then keto about five months ago. So she was keto cyclical keto for about a year and the magic stopped about five months ago. Um, any suggestions? So, um, first of all, cyclical keto, I think is real, can be super effective in the beginning for just about anybody. Um, more so if you have a lot of weight to lose or if you are, um, if you're coming from, not watching what you eat at all. Um, cyclical keto can be a miracle um, way of life, right? Like you start, you go from eating a standard American diet to, um, you know, take, and I don't know what her cyclical keto looked like, but if you're, you know, 
coming into ketosis, maybe you're for the whole week, or maybe it's for um, a couple of weeks, and then you come back out of, of keto. Maybe her cyclical keto was that she was uh, eating ketogenically, and then um, one day a week, or two days a week, or maybe one week a month um, coming off of that. And there's different ways that you can do that for women because there are certain weeks of the month that we really do need to up our um, carbohydrates and it really can be helpful. And so um, maybe she was doing something like that. I don't have all the details, but I will say that in general, um, changing from just about any way of eating to a cyclical keto diet um, can really help. <clears throat> and you can see all kinds of awesome things happen. And the magic is real and you're hooked and you're like, this is amazing. But just like I got done explaining to Amanda that your body's needs can change. So if you're doing cyclical keto and it works really, really well for about a year, and then you start feeling like the weight loss stops, and I don't know what the magic of keto that she's exactly you know, talking about, but um, for most people, it's weight loss, it's um, mental clarity, it is mood. Um, for women, it can definitely be... Um, improved, uh, you know, menstruation, like you just that time of month, maybe you're not dealing with PMS. Um, you know, your menstruation gets more regular and normal and everything is working. Like it feels like it should, and everything's good. Um, so you could be having all or some of those wonderful things happening. And then all of a sudden it's not enough anymore. And it could be that you kind of plateau and you need to switch things up. So it could be that um, there could be so many different things, but I'm just going to go by some clues in here. So she says she works out. So maybe she was, uh, maybe she changed up her workout routine. And I was just talking about with Amanda's message that depending on your stress levels, your activity levels, all of those things, keto, you may have to change what you're eating, you may have to change up those macros. You may have to adjust those depending on all of that. Maybe she had something so that, so first of all, the working out could be a stressor. Maybe it was more of a stressor. Maybe she was working out less and she's bumped that up. Maybe um, it is that something else has changed in her life that has um, introduced some stress into her world that was not there a year ago or six months ago. And now her, her nutrition needs to change because of that. There needs to be something, maybe um, the carbs that were okay with her before are now not okay. Her body cannot handle that many, perhaps. Um, perhaps it is something has affected her sleep. Um, and, you know, I would also, um, I would also suggest that, you know, we, this whole uh, COVID-19 coronavirus thing started, you know, several months ago. Um, she says about five months ago, the magic of keto stopped. Um, I don't know if that coincided with some of the things that we're, that we're experiencing here now. It certainly does on the timeline of here in America with the things that we are, have been experiencing with lockdowns and, um, you know, and just, just our world changing. Um, and that definitely could affect how I know it has affected me for sure. And, uh, the way that my body is responding to what I'm eating. So that could be another thing. So really it could just be, um, it could just be any of these things. It could be, a um, it could be a, a um, 
it could be a combination of these things. So for Erica, I would suggest, um, number one, I would really take a hard look at the workouts. Um, she says she's lifting weights and hit. Now those are two things that I think are great and in general are really super good for women. And I would suggest that you do. Um, but I would also suggest that they only be done two to three days per week, no more. So if, um, so weights, that's fine, but I would not do weights on the same day you're doing, doing hit. I would definitely separate those out. So maybe you do weights two days and hit two days or weights three days and hit two days, you know, however you want to switch that up. But I would definitely give your body rest on at least one to two days a week. And I would not do hit and weights at the same time. Now I think hit is great if you're really truly doing a hit workout <clears throat> where you're doing, um, because sometimes people will refer to hit workout where they go to the gym and they are, you know, on banging out a half hour, hour on the treadmill, and then they're doing the rowing machine and then they're doing the stair mill and then they're doing, um, you know, whatever box jumps and they're mixing this up. And, you know, realistically they're spending an hour doing, um, you know, a hit session. Um, your hit training should be really no more than 10, 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. Um, <clears throat> if you're doing like a, you're jogging outside, you're doing like a, that type of a thing. Um, but like most of the time, my hit sessions are eight to 15 minutes, maybe, um, that I'm, that I'm doing. And then sometimes I will get into the sauna on those same days that I do the hit training, <clears throat> which is totally fine, but I would not be doing hit and doing, um, weights, especially if you're noticing that things are changing and the magic of keto isn't really working anymore. It it's, could be your body telling you that that whatever you're doing in that um, arena might be too much. Um, and then again, it might not be there. They may have nothing to do with your workouts. Your workouts may be totally fine. Um, but that would be one tip is kind of give it, give that a look and see if maybe, um, that is an area that you could improve. Um, another thing could just be that you, you know, may, I don't know if you've lost a lot of weight. You, if you have lost a lot of weight, your body's needs may be different. So you may not need the same macro layout that you've been eating up until that point five months ago. So maybe, um, I think it said five months, right? Yeah. About five months ago. So you, um, so, and, and again, I would say, are you tracking your macros? Have you ever tracked your macros? So if you know what your baseline was when you started, then go back and track now, see what you're eating, see what those macros look like. You may um, have a little carb creep that you didn't realize was happening. And that may be stopping the magic. It may be that you've lost a lot of weight and you need to change those macros. The same macros that you were doing five months ago may not be working anymore. So maybe you need to adjust those a little bit. So kind of checking that out. Um, you don't mention, um, Erica doesn't mention um, uh, testing for ketones or blood glucose. Are you testing for those things? Do you know where your blood sugar is? Do you know, um, are you producing ketones still? Um, because again, maybe you need to adjust your macros. Maybe you're not producing ketones. Um, I have seen <clears throat> clients unable to move forward with ketosis after it has worked for a while because they had so much, um, they, they had so much kind of dumping of toxins from weight loss, and then their body was unable to, <clears throat> to properly detox. They needed to help their body detox. And until they did that, they, they 
hit this plateau because your body will not, it gets overwhelmed. And if it cannot get rid of the toxins that you are releasing as the fat stores come off, it will, number one, it will not continue to release any more fat stores. And number two, it has to find somewhere to put those toxins. So what's it going to do? It's going to go right back into those fat cells. So, um, so that could be another issue. So you might want to um, kind of look at your detoxification. A um, couple of quick tips um, that I would say for detox that I love to recommend are castor oil packs. So you can look into castor oil packs, just Google that, and you'll get all kinds of information on doing castor oil. Um, I would say doing a... Um, doing a binder. So one of my favorites is doing the um, bentonite clay. You can get that, put that into your water in the morning into a tall glass of water and drink that every morning. That is a great binder that will really help um, being able to, to get rid of, of ex, you know, kind of excess stuff. Um, and then I do have podcasts uh, specifically um, on the, on detoxification. Um, I also have an entire week in that keto masterclass that I offer online that is focused on detoxification. So it gives you um, tips on how to help, how to assist your body. You do not need to do a big cleanse or detox. Um, you have so many organs in your body that work on detoxification, but they are not able to do it if they don't have the right ingredients for those detoxification processes. So your liver is one. You've got phase one and phase two detoxification in the liver, and you need different um, ingredients, so to speak, different nutrients for those detoxification pathways to work properly. So um, I teach you all about that in that masterclass. Um, you can go back and look through my podcast. I don't know off the top of my head, and I don't know if I'll be able to find it quickly on here. Um, I'll try to pull it up. But um, what, I don't even know if I have my podcast on my own phone here. <laughs> oh, it looks like I do have some. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to find it, but I do have some uh, definitely, I do have a couple of, of episodes that talk about detoxification and um, how to help detoxify, how to help your body do that. I don't think I'm going to be able to find it while I'm talking to you guys on here. So um, I apologize that I don't have that. Yeah, I don't have that easily that I can pull up right here. But that can be a huge thing. And I, um, you know, I, I feel like sometimes I get pushed back on that where clients or listeners are like, I'm sure that's not it. I mean, come on detoxification. But when they do, I mean, I've literally had clients say I am stuck. I can't lose weight. I feel like everything was working and now all of a sudden I, the magic is gone and they start castor oil pack protocol. And within a week, get, they start losing weight again and things start moving again. Um, it's amazing how much your body can do once we are able to clear some of those detox pathways. Okay. Um, another great detoxification tip is to do dry brushing. Um, our lymph system helps us with de detoxification and dry brushing gets that system moving. Okay. So those are a few things that, let me try to jump back in here, um, Erica. Okay. So those are a couple of big things that I would do. Another kind of tip is she says belly fat and excess hip fat are major issues. Um, that is a belly fat is related to cortisol. So that is typically related to stress. Um, so, and it doesn't always come from stress of like, 
you may not feel like you are leaving, living a stressful life, but it could be stress from too much working out or improperly working out. It could be stress from not sleeping well, from just not getting enough good sleep. Um, so kind of trying to dial in, like, what are the things that you can do to help mitigate stress, to help your body detox, um, to kind of manage those symptoms. So I would definitely be taking a look at those things, Erica, and see if you can get kind of things moving in the right direction by addressing stress levels and detoxification. Um, and definitely take a look at the workouts and see if that's something that you need to play around with. Um, you know, if you're, if you are working out a lot, maybe taking a day or two off and then seeing if that kind of is enough to help make the difference. Testing your blood sugar is also, um, people think it's only related to what you eat. And that's not true at all. Testing your blood sugar can really help you to understand if you um, do have a cortisol problem, if you are having a lot of stress, because that will actually raise your blood glucose levels. And when we have blood glucose levels that are raised due to cortisol or due to anything, but cortisol can raise blood glucose. And that in turn requires our body to then release insulin. And insulin is a fat storage hormone. So even if you're not putting weight back on, it will not allow you to lose weight if you have insulin present all the time. So if you've got a lot of cortisol, your blood glucose is, is going higher than it should be, your, that is then calling on your pancreas to release insulin, you're releasing insulin, and this is happening throughout the day, all day long. Um, you know, it'll take four hours for that insulin to, um, at least for that insulin to then subside. Um, and so in, a, in, you know, throughout your day, you could have, as soon as your insulin levels, um, you know, are able to dissipate, your blood sugar could go back up again, which then calls on more insulin to come out. So you may have no periods of time during the day at all that your body is able to fat burn properly because you've constantly got insulin present. So um, this stuff can get really complicated. I don't want to get too far in the weeds, but, um, but it is important to just make sure that you are managing stress levels for so many different reasons, but understanding that stress alone can have an effect on blood sugar. So um, it's one of the reasons that I love for people to test their blood sugar and just be able to know that, you know, if you test your blood sugar and you've not eaten in two or three hours and your blood glucose is up in the you know 90s or higher, something's going on right? I mean, that's, you should not have a fasting blood glucose level in the nineties. Um, I mean, realistically a very healthy person, you should be 60s, 70s, um, you know, maybe into the eighties, but, um, as you're, as you get better and better and and better, more metabolically sound, um, those numbers should come down. So, you know, if you've got fast fasting blood sugar in the, in the nineties, um, and, then you should know that's a sign to you that something's off, something's going on. And often it is stress. It's there's some stressor going on in your life. There's something happening. Um, again, back to detox. It could be that your body is not able to detox and that is a stressor. So, um, so kind of just thinking through all of those things and process of elimination. And hopefully you can kind of figure out, you know, what is it that your body's stuck on? Um, or what is it? There might be a couple of things that, that are kind of coming together that are, and again, <clears throat> not trying to push my class. Um, but I guess it sounds like I am. 
But in that keto masterclass, I talk about all of these things and in the one hour segment, so you can focus on, on that one thing and then kind of make sure you can kind of process of elimination. So each week you learn in these one hour segments, and then you could just really concentrate on that on what you learned in that hour. So whether you do that by the week, it's, an, it's an designed to be a six week class, six week course. So if you take it and you each week, you do a process of elimination. So you take the course and you know that, hey, uh, the digestion was this week and my digestion is on point. So it's not that. So then the next week, maybe the, the course is on, um, is teaching you about blood sugar and ketone levels. And you're like, nope, blood sugar and ketone levels are on point. So I know it's not that. The next week maybe is detoxification. You're like, well, I think all that is working properly too. It seems like it is. So that's not it. Or maybe you implement a few detoxification strategies and then you start to see things change. You can be like, okay, maybe that was part of the issue. So, um, so anyway, I think that you'll have to do a little bit of investigating, a little bit of trial and error, try to figure out maybe what is it that's kind of causing these, um, the magic to stop for keto. Okay. Um, all right. So I think that's it. Um, that answers your guys' questions. So before I go, if you are listening to this and you're not watching this on YouTube, then you may want to jump over to YouTube or I will try my best to describe these. Um, but I don't know how many of you shop at TJ Maxx and Marshalls. Um, I know I have not been as much as I used to because to be honest, I really don't like going out that much. Um, I'm not afraid of the, the COVID situation and all that. I do believe it's very real. Um, but I also work very hard on my immune system. And so for myself personally, I'm not really afraid of contracting COVID or, you know, any of that type of thing. Um, but I, it's, I get very anxious going out in public now because I just, I, I think everybody else, you know, all the emotions and the anxiety, it's very palatable and, um, and just seeing people in masks and wearing a mask. And, um, I think it just sets off. Like, um, I think we, we have this internal, like something's wrong, um, in our brain that we, we don't control. It's an involuntary thing. And, and just being out in public and seeing all the masks and I just, it feels oppressive. It feels like in my, in, inside, I, I think my body reacts, um, like something's wrong, like something's wrong. This is not right. Something's wrong. Uh, why is everybody in masks? Like, um, it's like this primal instinct, I guess. Um, because I notice when I do that, when I get home, I am, I feel emotionally taxed and it, um, I just, my level of anxiety has been so much higher lately. And I, I know from talking to clients that many clients are feeling the same way and have a lot of the same type of feelings. So anyway, um, that was a whole rabbit hole I went off on, um, just talking about going to TJ Maxx and Marshall's. But my point is, is that I don't go there very often anymore. Um, but I do still go and I wanted to show you these. Now I did post these on my Instagram, um, a few weeks ago. Um, but these are skinny syrups. These are the keto syrups. These are with MCT oil. So I have here, um, vanilla bean and salted caramel. Now I don't, 
eat these, drink these. I like my coffee black, um, which is really funny because I used to have a little coffee with my cream and sugar, if you know what I mean. Um, I would go through a drive-thru and order extra cream, extra sugar in my coffee. And now I can't imagine drinking sweetened coffee. It sounds disgusting, but my husband still loves flavored sweetened coffee. So I found these at, I think I got these at TJ Maxx. Um, Yes, TJ Maxx. I'm, I've seen these at Marshall's as well. But um, these are so awesome. He loves them. And they, the ingredients are really not bad on these. Um, they, it is, they use erythritol as the sweetener and monk, monk fruit and stevia. So it's a, it's a blend of sweeteners, which is really good because that typically keeps them from having that aftertaste. Um, if you have these natural sweeteners and then you notice you kind of get like the cooling um, feeling in the mouth or something like that, when you do a blend, you typically won't get that. So these are a really good um, option if you're trying to get away from like Starbucks coffees, for instance, or these flavored lattes, which is what my husband was trying to get away from. Um, so he makes his own lattes and these are great. He makes um, cold lattes with these um, or frappuccinos or what, I don't even know what you call them, um, mochaccinos or whatever. Uh, and then he also makes his hot coffees with these in the morning. So just kind of depending on what he likes, but these are really great. I do want to give you a word of caution. However, if you get these, not all of these Jordan skinny syrups are good. Um, I believe I took a picture of other ones, which I'm not going to go through my phone right now because I'll just sit here and I won't be able to find it. I'm sure. Um, but I took a picture of a couple of them that I found, oh, at Home Goods. I think I also saw these at Home Goods. And they were some other flavor of the same, same brand, this Jordan's Skinny Syrups, but they were other flavors and they had all kinds of crap added into them um, in the ingredients. So, and I don't remember what they are off the top of my head, what, what all was in them, but I was like, oh my gosh. So don't see these Jordan skinny syrups and automatically assume that it's one that is good to get. Um, definitely turn around, read the back, make sure that there's not a bunch of extra junk in here that you don't want to have. Now, I'm not telling you that these are awesome. They're not awesome. There's things like natural flavor and caramel coloring and there, you know, so there, there are chemicals in here. Okay. I don't, this is not a whole food. Um, but I am just telling you, these are better than other options. And I would think certainly better than anything that you'll get at Starbucks or any kind of restaurant. Okay. Cause they're going to buy things in bulk. It's going to be cheap. It's going to have a bunch of added ingredients that you probably don't want. Um, so as far as that goes, these are pretty good sweeteners, but just make sure that you are double checking them. If you decide to get these for yourself, that you read the back and make sure that the, whatever flavor you find that you want to buy, um, don't have all the added stuff. So again, this is vanilla bean and salted caramel, and they had a bunch of different flavors. And these were the two that I found that the ingredients were, were pretty good. They didn't have a bunch of junk in there. Okay. Last thing I want to share with you is because it's summer and um, it's cocktail time uh, and we want something, or sometimes some of us, um, if you do enjoy alcohol, um, we sometimes want a fun mixer for the summer. And often I hear from clients, 
Um, you know, I just am so, I feel so deprived. I used to have margaritas with my girlfriends or whatever, and now I feel like I can't. Um, and if you want to get like a skinny margarita or whatever, again, it's a bunch of crap in them. And, um, you know, they're sweetened with like sucralose or something, and you do not want that. Stay away from the artificial sweeteners. Um, but again, Home Goods, so Home Goods, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, that whole group of stores, they, you can find so many awesome things. So this is the B mixed. This is their margarita margarita mix. So I don't know if you guys remember when they came, when this B mixed came out and I don't remember exactly when it was, but I did a, um, I talked about it in a podcast a couple of years ago when they first came out and uh, did a Instagram post or something on them. I think they were in like a keto box that I received or something like that. I used to get some mail, um, by mail keto um, boxes, that type of thing. Um, and I think I tried it for the first time in there. And it was relatively expensive to buy a bottle of this. Um, now, again, <laughs> I don't know what it is with me and drinks. I'm not that big on sweet drinks. I prefer my tequila on the rocks uh, or neat. I don't need um, sweetener added to it 99% of the time. But if you would like to maybe make a frozen margarita, which is kind of a fun treat every now and then, or if you would like a little sweet um, added to your tequila, um, this is a good option. This has got, um, the ingredients are water, and then erythritol, monk fruit, and stevia, citric acid, natural flavors, sea salt, sodium, organic vegetable juice for color. So they're not even adding artificial color to this. This is a vegetable juice for color. And um, <clears throat> again, like the, <clears throat> excuse me guys, all this talking today, um, like the Jordan's um, skinny syrups, uh, they do a blend here for this. So you are getting a blend of the erythritol, the monk fruit, and the stevia. So you don't get an aftertaste with this. Um, I actually tasted this last night. I bought two of them. They had two at Home Goods. This was $6.99 at Home Goods. And so um, I opened one yesterday and I tasted a little bit of it. It's a little too sweet for me, but um, I did just a splash of it and in my tequila and it was just something fun. It was something different. Um, my husband and I were enjoying the nice evening before the storms rolled through last night and sitting out at the fire pit. And I thought, yeah, it sounds fun to have a little cocktail. So I had a little bit of this. He loves this, but again, he likes the sweeter, um, drinks. So if you like that and you miss that, this is a really good option for you guys. Okay. So again, this is the B mixed zero calorie mixer. This is the margarita flavor, the natural margarita flavor. So I have not done this yet, but I would suspect that mixing a little bit of this with some, now there's no alcohol in here. Okay. But I would suspect that mixing a little bit of this with some tequila and ice and a blender would probably make a really fun little frozen margarita that you could enjoy guilt-free and with no carbs. All right. So that's my little tips that I wanted to give you for today. So just make sure, again, if you find these things in your store, um, make sure you're reading the back, read the ingredients and steer clear of any of the sucralose. Um, you want to stick with the natural sweeteners. Don't go for those chemical sweeteners. Those are going to mess you up. 
that's going to be all sorts of detoxification nightmares. You don't want to deal with that. So, okay. Um, that's it for this week's episode, guys. Um, I may, it may be a month before I'm able to get back on here. I'm going to shoot for one episode a month. And if I can do a bonus episode in between, that'll be great. I will see kind of how this whole school thing plays out and um, go from there. If you guys have questions, specific questions that you want to ask, you want to send me an email, do so to jessica at jessicatai.com or you can send it through Instagram or Facebook. Um, Facebook, I don't, I, and actually I don't get Instagram messages very well either. I have those notifications turned off. That is a stress tip. Do not let your phone be dinging you all day long. So um, I have those turned off so I don't get those notifications. I have to manually go in and check those. And to be honest, Usually by the end of my work day, that's the very last thing I want to do is go in and pull messages out of there, just being honest. Um, so you may have a little bit better chance of reaching me if you send the email. So again, jessica at jessicatai.com. But if Instagram and Facebook are how you prefer to communicate, you can send um, messages to me on there. And I will do my very best to cover them in an upcoming episode. So thank you guys for tuning in. And I hope you have a great rest of your week and perhaps the rest of the month. And I will check back in with you guys soon. All right. Bye.